Normally we're going through Galatians, but I thought with everything that we are going through just lately and with Thanksgiving here around the corner, I just think it's a wonderful thing to think about uh, having a thankful heart. And uh, I'd just like to give people opportunities. Is there anything that you just want to give thanks for today as you're sitting here? So we always come with our prayer requests. We always come with our, our hearts, but... Teresa. I would like to thank the Lord just for the land in which we live. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of things going on in our country right now that are kind of messed up, but God's in control, and we need to keep reminding ourselves of that and to just thank Him for His providence, His goodwill toward us, and, and just His mercy. Amen. We live in a we live in a great land, and even though um, sometimes things happen that uh, we're not in agreement with, or we think we're in a big mess, I would venture to say that most of the people in the rest of the world would give their life to live in a country where we have the freedoms and the opportunities that we have here. So, Amen. Yeah, yes. Marie. Amen. Uh, and to just continue uh, to praise the Lord that we, we do have Him as a Savior and to continue to live for Him. Amen. Opportunities are, are around. It's like Larry shared in Iran. It's not just Iran, but it, throughout the whole world, through this whole thing. So, Anybody else? The church is growing in Iran hugely. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fastest growing besides China in the world right Yeah. There, there is, uh, it always seems that there's opportunities in crisis, you know, and, and we can get, rightfully so, sometimes we can get um, distracted by the things because they're real. This, this uh, uh, virus that we have going around is real. The, the political climate is real. All these things are real, but when we look at those things, do we get um, depressed and... Um, Introverted, or do we look for the the opportunities there to uh, witness and to share? Yeah. So is the time. So will it be the time of the end as it was in the time of Noah? And Noah, it was probably pretty bad because you know Noah rescued his wife and his three sons and their wives and the rest of the world. We don't need that stuff. Amen. Amen. Good examples there. Amen. If you could bottle some of that energy that she has, that's what I always think of. And, and uh, yeah, so anybody else? Well, I have kind of a phrase. Um, my son and I haven't had a chance to sit out and talk for years, ever since he's gotten busy with his family. So we went 
up north the deer hunt and it was a good night. We had a chance to sit and chat and talk about stuff. Mm. Haven't done that in years. Yeah, those are those are precious, precious times. So. I'd like to thank God for the many, many miracles she's performed around me, with me. I just want to thank you. So Thanksgiving is a, is a week where we focus a lot. Oh, the, oh Dolores, sorry. I'm thankful for my family. I'm alone, and our families, they couldn't do any more for me than they already do. And I'm thankful that my sister, who had a stroke, is now walking and has said a few words since last Sunday. Oh. And she's swallowing a little bit. She had, couldn't swallow at first. She couldn't talk. And yeah. they don't have a request. <laughs> hmm. uh, my my friend from the teen years, who's in the nursing, was in the nursing home here in town, had uh, something wrong, some heart thing happened. And she really doesn't care whether she lives or not, I don't think, because she's been alone for six years. She doesn't have great health. And they took her to uh, uh, the hospital, her anyway. And uh, her daughter called and said, I don't have a lot of hope, so mm. I haven't heard yet today. Yeah. I just want to add to the Diane's and Doug's former miracles. And this, with Krista Avenue's twins, and losing one, and then thought she lost the second one. And um, she said, The nurse at Paris says, I go home. And she says, I just think about your case. And she says, I'm just in awe over what's going on with you in your life and how this baby is hanging in. And, you know, so through all of that, you know, people um, are seeing God at work. And I just pray that God will use this. Amen. They had the same with, with Gideon, um, you know, our grandson who passed away. But they, they always said he was such a miracle. They just didn't know how he could go through the things he went through or survive through the things that he um, survived through. And um, I was just telling Julie the other day that um, she is just, well, their family, I should really say, but I mean, she's my daughter, so I look at her and say she's so strong to go through the things that, that she got through. So we see these things I think around us that we can be very thankful for. And when we think of Thanksgiving, we think of family. And depending on your situation, some families, I think, are getting together this week. Some are electing to do things differently this maybe this year and not get together. You know, those are our personal preferences and choices, but there are times when we think about family. It's a time when we're used to sitting around the table and in visiting and those moments when they are, are gone are are dearly missed and we really can see the blessing that we had in those moments um, that we shouldn't take those those things for granted and and I I sort of relate to Daryl and his his talk with his son and thinking those same things you know as I've watched my my boys grow up to be men you know, now there's time, I got time, and I want to talk, and they're busy with their life, and it's, and it's hard, because when I was young, I was busy with my life, 
And uh, there's a, a song, I think, by Cat Stevens, was called Cat, Cats in the Cradle. And there's a story in there. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes we uh, realize some of that too late. But the point is, is it's never too late to take the opportunity today to do what we can do. So um, as we think of things that we're thankful for, I just wanted to um, just break out of, of Galatians this week. We'll be starting in Galatians 2 next week. But just to really think about a thankful heart. And some of the scriptures that are there and the things that it teaches us. In, in Psalms 122, uh, verse 1, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I think of what a blessing uh, church is. We should be thankful for our church body. And as we understand there's, there's some that don't come because they have some health concerns. And we understand that. We, we fully understand that. Um, we have some, and we forgot to pray for them today, that are out hunting. You know, we want to pray for them too, because they're not here. But what a blessing to have the church, the, the family of, of God, that we can, you know, have our prayer chain, that we can pray for one another, that we have fellowship with one another. And it's looked very different for almost a year now. I mean, we were used to our fellowship uh, meals and, and our time together a lot more you know, our handshaking and visitation that we used to do. It looks a little different now, but still very thankful because there's many places in the world where they can't do this. They can't meet openly and worship openly and, and praise God openly and teach God openly. They're, they're hiding and they're having to um, keep it a secret because their very lives are in jeopardy. So, you know, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. We can be glad and thankful that we have churches that are open and that are continuing. And even though some, um, because of the, the virus, maybe have to have some temporary closures, um, we can still be thankful that we can meet together. And as we know, the church is not just the building, it's the people. And uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, it's alive and active. And so God tells us where two or three are gathered, there he is also. And I wanted just to go through a couple of scriptures today that talk about this. There's another psalm. And psalms are, are interesting. When I was first a Christian, I used to read the psalms, and I thought that they were depressing. Because I'd see these ups and downs and ups and downs. It's like, I don't want to hear about the struggles. I just wanted to... Uh, ride the wave. I wanted to, to, to be on top of things. I wanted my problems to go away. But as I've studied through them uh, over the last several years, uh, they're just just—they're really just a blessing to uh, read. And in Psalms 100, 1 through 5, and that's in your bulletin, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. So when we look at serving the Lord, we need to have a joyful heart in that. And that doesn't mean that things have to be perfect in our world to serve him. That's a heart condition. We need to serve the Lord with gladness. It says, come before his presence with singing. We like to sing. Larry says, why did the birds sing? Well, it's because it's in them, right? For the Christians and through Psalms, a lot of times it talks about singing unto the Lord. It's not just uh, being on tune, which I'm not very often. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But we sing, we let the things out of our heart. It's just a, a joyful release of that stuff that is in us. And so come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. 
It is he who made us, not we ourselves. And I think it was Howard Hughes that once said uh, that he was a self-made millionaire. And we forget sometimes that all that we have, every blessing that we have, comes from the Lord. We could have very easily been born in a different country, in a different time, in a different place. But it is God who is the Lord. He is the one who is in control. He is the one who has made us, not ourselves. When we get our focus upon ourselves, we are going to suffer. We are going to pay those consequences because we're not acknowledging God for who he is and where he is. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So we're not the shepherds. We're the under-shepherds. We are the sheep of his fold. He is the great shepherd. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I often thought, uh, I, I read a book one time, it was called The Life of a Sheep Herder, and it was based on Psalms 23. And uh, I think one of the statements was, is if a sheep could talk. And, you know, the sheep, when they were out in the wilderness, had all sorts of things that were after them. Okay, They are prey. They're not a predator, they are prey. And so when the the shepherds would have a, a, a gated area, which was usually rocks or whatever, but we could even think about that today. They went in through this gate and they were safe. Well, we can look at that and think that we are in the hand of God. We should be thankful for that. God is wonderful. God is great. And it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know, if the sheep could talk, thank goodness I'm not out there fending for myself. A lot of times that's why the shepherd would go after the one. He'd leave the 99 and go after the one because the one was in danger. And when the shepherd would be coming up to that lost sheep, you sometimes have to think if that sheep could talk, he would be saying, thank goodness, thank goodness you're here. I was scared, but now he's safe. And so we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So we're thanking God, we're rejoicing in what God is doing in both our victories and in our trials. Okay, can you thank God for the trials that you've been in? Can you thank God for the, the struggles that you've gone through, for the path that you've gone? A lot of us have gone, you know, down crooked paths. I mean, we've, we've gone this way, we've made decisions one way and then another way, and we're trying to figure it out and, and, and not always getting it right, but can we thank God that he has taken us down there. Because through each of the trials that we've gone through, each of the paths we've gone down, as crooked as that road has gone, God can teach us things through that. I said at the beginning of this, this uh, virus that we are in, that God has given us great opportunities. And I'll, I'll tell you something that I, I've seen go away, but I'm seeing it come back now because we're in another sort of a, I think, a crisis time. But when we first came into this, this crisis, we saw churches that were really serious about reaching people, they got pretty inventive. They, they said, well, you know what, if we can't meet like this in person, if we can't meet in the numbers that we're going to, we're going to meet in other ways, however we can. So what did, what did they do? They did Zoom, they did YouTube, they did all these different uh, podcasts and variety of things. And I thought that was great. And I would talk to pastor friends and other friends that I have that are leaders in their churches or go to other churches, and they would say, you know, we're reaching people that we never reached before. Praise God. What a wonderful thing to reach people that you never would reach before. Our church, all of a sudden we had some people that were writing in from other parts of the country, Texas, that we would never reach them. 
But we got to reach them. But then what I saw is once things sort of went back to normal and everybody started gravitating back in, is some churches let those ministries go. And I think that was sort of sad. Because here they had the opportunity to reach all these people. They were reaching all these people. But all of a sudden, sometimes we get a little complacent. But we got to thank God for the opportunities that through these things, and are we learning through these things, what it is that God has us to do. And then to stay faithful with those things. It's like opening our eyes to see something for the first time. It's like, wow, I guess that is possible. And, and we start down that road, but then all of a sudden we sort of drift back in. We need to thank God in, for those things. We need to give him the praise as we enter his courts, as we enter his, his place. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. We just sang part of that song today. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. So we can look and be thankful for all these things. Colossians tells us this in 1, 9 through 14. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So aren't we thankful that we can pray for one another? You know, sometimes when we come together, somebody will say, man, we had sort of a long prayer time. Well, that's really what the church is about. We're not just coming here to, to hear a, a pastor give a message. We come here for fellowship. We come here to hear God's word. We come here to lift one another up, to pray for one another, to hear the needs. How is it that we can reach out to people and still be safe, as Maureen said? We want to reach out to people. We want to help families. You know, when we pray over our offering that there are those that are in need for, for uh, physical things as well as spiritual, the physical part is real. we got to thank God that we have the opportunity to help people. Maybe if it's with food or with clothing or however we can. We need to be thankful for that. With our mission Sunday, last Sunday, with the, the gift we were able to give hands of service, and we don't know exactly what that's going for, but we're a part of something bigger than right here. We're a part of something that's happening in South Texas and into Mexico with the people. Maybe a person's education, housing. And we know that they again hand out food and Bibles down there. But when we help our missionaries, we're able to help the ones in China for, for so long, teaching them and getting them the gospel with Arnie and... Uh, and uh, Laura Jean. I want, I want to say Jeannie. Arnie and Jeannie, because we've got Arnie and Jeannie. Arnie and Laura Jean. To help over in Mexico. I mean, what a, an opportunity for a, a little body of believers in a little town called Augusta, sort of in the outskirts of Wisconsin somewhere, to be able to have a part of those things. We need to be thankful for those things. So we look for God's will. We look for his spiritual understanding. And it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Isn't it great that God gives us not just the uh, ability to do it, but he gives us the strength to do it also? He equips us for whatever we are called for, and we need to thank God for that. He doesn't send us on mission impossible. He sends us fully equipped with everything that we need to accomplish that which is set before us. But we need to stay on his path. We need to stay on his road. 
that we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in all knowledge with God. So again, we're not just doing it to, to pat ourselves on the back. We're not doing it for some grand recognition. Uh, but we do it that we may know more about God. And the more we deal with people, the more we spend time talking with people, the more we listen to people and their stories, the more, really, I think God reveals himself to us. And we need to be aware of that, that, that God can speak to us through other people. It says, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. Sometimes when I feel like I'm getting burnt out, and I've learned this over years, when I feel like I'm really getting burnt out with things, I've learned to step back and look and say, am I doing this in my own power? Because if I'm trying to do things in my own power, in my own way, in my own train of thought, I'm usually getting burnt out. But when I'm doing it in God's supplies, because he has a uh, a never-ending supply of power. He has this glorious power that enables us to do everything when it's in God's will and God's time and God's way. He gives us the power and we don't get burnt out. And he gives us the patience in this long-suffering, it says, with all joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints of light. He is the one who has qualified us. He is the one who has made us and given us and molded us. He has taken something that was of no use and made it into something that is of great use. It says that he has delivered us, continue on in Colossians, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. He's delivered us from this darkness. He's delivered us from temptation. You know, when we were growing up, we probably would watch one of those shows and I think it was Nipsey Russell. The devil made me do it. He saw the devil made me do it. Well, guess what? God says, no temptation has overtaken you, but that which is common to man. And when you have been tempted, God provides you a way out. He has delivered us from this power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He has brought us. He has transported us. He has changed us. He is the one that changes our heart. I can't say I want to change my heart. I can't say I want to change my nature. i got to allow God to do those things in my life. Because he is the one that is transforming me. He is the one that is changing me. He is my refiner's fire that is purging me. All I need to say is, Lord, you know, make me, mold me. You know, do what you need to with me. And that's why it tells us not to quench the Spirit. And it says it is through this Son who we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. We can't make atonement for our sins by the good works that we do. We were created in Christ to do good works, but good works of ourselves is of no value. It's only the works that Christ has called us to do. First Thessalonians 5, 16-22 tells us this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. That's sort of a, a large statement, isn't it? Sort of a, a change from our, our busy life. We talk about our busy lives and getting busy in work and busy in this. And, you know, I don't have time for this, that, or the other thing. But he tells us here, rejoice always. Doesn't say when you got downtime. 
doesn't say when nothing else is going on. It doesn't say schedule it in. It says rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I often use this verse when people say, you know, I'm really trying to figure out what the will of God is for my life. You know, how, how do I figure that out? I said, well, read God's word. For one thing, the word of God says this. You need to rejoice. You need to pray. You need to give thanks because that's the will of God. And you take care of those things and he'll take care of the rest. He'll lead you in the paths that you need to go. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So he tells us in our pattern of life, we can give thanks that God equips us to do these things. My nature is not to abstain from evil. Our nature is usually to drift into evil, to, to get as close to the fence as we can, you know, to, to get as close to that fire without getting burned. That's our nature that is in us. But the Holy Spirit is in us, and he gives us the power, he gives us the desire, he gives us the will, he gives us the strength. Not to go there. We need to thank God for that. You ever think of where your life might be right now if you didn't have Christ in your life? What would you be doing? I firmly believe I would have been dead. I, I really do. When I was a young kid growing up, I always had a premonition that I would never live to have children. I would never live to even get married. I really didn't even think I'd make it to, to age 21. Because just the lifestyle I was leading and the direction that I was going. You know, if they would have had something in the yearbook, you know, most likely to self-destruct, I probably would have been that candidate. My picture would have been posted there. I love working in the prison in Stanley because when I look at those guys, I can see myself and I can see what Christ did in me and I can be thankful for what he did in me, but also knowing that he can do that in other people's lives too. So we can give thanks for all these things. So we need to learn not to quench the spirit. We need to learn to despise or uh, to test all things. To make sure that they're of God. Remember when we say that we're in prayer and the Holy Spirit is leading us or guiding us or speaking to us. However we want to phrase that terminology. That it's always going to be in agreement with the word of God. Because the word of God is the authority so we test all things, and we see those things that are good, and we hold fast to them. It's so great that God brings people into our lives that are great examples, great role models, great um, pathways to Christ. You know, when we got married, you know, I, I was far, far from the Lord. You know, I was, I was out in the taverns all the time, running and hunting and just doing the things that, I guess, young, stupid men do. And we're living that life and doing those things. And all of a sudden, when we decided we were going to get married, it was like, you know, I need to get out of Minneapolis because I'm in too much trouble up here. They all know me and I need to get somewhere and, and you know, where I, my slate is clean. I didn't really want to change my lifestyle, just didn't want the police knocking on my door all the time asking me questions. And so we moved to this little town called Gilman, which is just north of Thorpe north of Stanley, north of Thorpe up there. Population was 300 and some, where Julie was raised. Thinking that, what a place to be, out in the middle of nowhere. But you know, God brought some people into my life up there, and we actually ended up getting into a business 
with a bunch of Baptists. And I thought, what in the world is this all about? Because I would go for lunch up to the, the bowling alley and, and have my sandwich and a beverage or whatever. And, and, but all the people that were in, in business with us uh, were these Baptist people. And I look back now and I think, why in the world did they let me in? You know, because Baptists are pretty big on don't be unequally yoked. And, and I was a, a pretty unequal yoke. Probably offset them all, you know. But for whatever reason, God in his sovereignty, God in his goodness, let me into this business that was run by Christians where I got to make friendships and I got to have people speak things into our lives that began to uh, share with Julie and I that eventually took us down this road to where God was softening our heart and leading us into a relationship with him. And, and who'd have thunk? Here I am today, preaching, and we've been preaching now for almost 30 years. Um, yeah, <laughs> God can do those things. And that's why sometimes when I, when I deal with things with people, I always say, you know, we gotta, we got to be sort of cautious about how we put God in a box. Because God is looking to do things. If he brings people into our lives, they're there for a reason. Do we see the opportunity? Do we see the the blessing that can come from that. Colossians 2, 6, and 7 tells us this. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So he tells us, you know, as we received him, we usually received him, you know, in brokenness, and then we received him at, at the bottom of our pit, you know, most of the times. We don't know where else to go, and we receive him, and that burden is lifted, right? At least for me, when, when I got saved, it was like, whew, you know, people talk about just like a refreshing, like a, a, you know, a cold glass of water on a hot day, how that just tastes so good and it's just so refreshing. That was my salvation sort of experience in a little nutshell. I mean, it was just like something is different. The weight is lifted. Well, Colossians tells us, continue to walk in Christ Jesus that way. It says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. I'm so thankful we got the word of God. You know, we go down to Mexico and we can, we can hand out thousands and thousands of, of Bibles because people want the Bibles. You know, last week they showed there where the one gentleman, he wanted a bilingual Bible, which I'm trying to work to get Arnie and Jeannie, one of those for that gentleman, because he wanted to learn English too. He didn't just want to learn Spanish, he wanted to learn how to share the gospel in English too. And I think what a wonderful thing. We have the Word of God. We can be so thankful for that. We have the opportunity to be established in our faith, to be rooted and built up by reading God's Word, by listening to God's Word, by having Christian friends and family around that pray for us and share with us. And if I start getting off the, the, the right path a little bit, they'll come and speak in love to me to, to bring me back to where I need to be. God is so good that He gives us a, a family like that. So it says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Are you thankful for the things that God has given you? You know, thanksgiving isn't just about turkeys and corn and, and all those good foods that just really wreak havoc with the waistline. But we make it about that. But yeah, that's <laughs> God has, God has given us thanksgiving. Why? The pilgrims were thankful 
for the new land. They were thankful for the new friends. They were thankful for the opportunities. They believed in the sovereignty of God and saw his hand at work. And they were thankful. And we need to be that also. I want to close with the scripture out of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 8. And when we think about Israel, and we think about uh, the paths that Israel took, and with Moses, and, and with uh, Abraham, and, and we can just look at the history of Israel, we can sometimes relate that to a picture of maybe us in the church today, of what God has. In the first part of uh, Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 10, it says, Every commandment which I command today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers. So we talk about the Ten Commandments and the law that God has instilled now in our hearts, that we know that God wants us to walk in certain ways and live in certain ways. And again, we're not saved by the law, we're saved by grace through faith. Um, but that, again, doesn't diminish what God has spoken as truth. And it says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you the way of these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you and to know that he was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he tells us in, the, in this next little passage here that we need to remember God. And we need to remember the past. Israel remembered the 40 years that they wandered through that desert. The times of trial. But they could think back even further to the times of slavery and bondage. And as the Bible would say, such were some of us, right? Really, if we're born again, such were all of us. We were in bondage to sin. We were in bondage to a thought pattern that, that the world had. We weren't into uh, what God would have for us. And so he's led us down this path. Maybe we got saved and we've still gone through this path. And maybe some of us feel like we've gone through this desert dry place for 40 years or 20 years or 10 years or 60 years or 80 years. Sometimes life is rough. But he says, remember the Lord your God led you, it says, all the way these 40 years. He led them all the way. If God be with us, who can be against us? So no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, if it's health, if it's financial, if it's spiritual battles, God is with us. And God will lead us all the way. And it says he does this to humble you, to test you, and to know that he was in your heart. So sometimes we get a little bit prideful and we think, you know, oh, I can figure this out. I can handle this myself. You know, I'm dealing with some people right now that uh, sometimes the attitudes, and, and don't get me wrong because I get these same things. I'm a man and, and I think men think differently if women will tell you this. But it's just like, oh, I can handle this. I can tough this out. I can do... You know, the emphasis is all on us. Well, sometimes God needs to humble us. Sometimes the way he does that is he puts us flat on our back. But it's also to test you. Where is your faith? Where is your hope? Where is your confidence? Is it just in yourself or is it in the Lord your God? Whether you would keep his commandments or not, are you going to follow what he has said? And it says here, as it continues on, so he humbled you. He's talking to Israel now as they went through this desert. He humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. He fed you with manna, which you did not know, or your fathers did not know, that he might make you known that man should not live by bread alone. So he humbled us. 
He made us to hunger. You know, Paul made a statement. He says, I know what it's like really to, to feast upon things, and I know what it's like to starve. Okay, Paul is talking about his life. I know what it's like not to have wants. I know what it's like to want a lot of things. In our life, maybe we've gone through that. We've gone through times of, of thinness, of struggles, of just, I can't take another straw on my back. I can't take one more day with this. And we think about that, and it gets tough at times. But, he says, I have been with you. He says, I have gone with us with you. And he said, you know, I have provided for you this whole time. I humbled you. I allowed you to go without. I have allowed you to hunger. But he still didn't let them die. Right? He took care of their every need. He said, I fed you with manna, which you did not know. He said, I fed you. They were in the desert. There was no food out there. They were happy to eat until they grumbled. And God showed them again. God continually works in our lives. But he says, you did not know, your fathers did not know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man by, lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. The most important thing we can have is that which God has given us. He tells us this, and this is an amazing thing. Bible trivia, some of you have probably thought about this, maybe some of you haven't. Your garments did not wear out on you. Can you imagine going 40 years in the desert in a pair of clothes, or two pairs of clothes. I'm not sure how many they had. But their sandals didn't wear out, or whatever footings they had. Now, the deserts in those biblical places that they talk about were harsh environments. It wasn't like sandy beaches. They were stones and rocks and all these things. Their clothes never wore out. Their feet, you know, their, their shoes never wore out. Everything that they had been provided with never wore out. It said, nor did your feet even swell these 40 years. You're wandering in this desert for 40 years and your feet didn't even swell. God had provided. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. You say, well, why would we be thankful for that? Because the path that we go without God is going to lead to death in destruction, in pain, in suffering. And so God corrects us. Why have we corrected our children in our life? Why do we reach out to our friends and say, you got to change your ways because the way you're going is no good. We don't want to see our friends die without Christ. We don't want to see our children get hurt. That's why we give them advice. That's why God does what he does to us. He chastens us with love. Not out of anger, not out of vengeance, not to get even, but out of restoration, that we might learn and grow in knowledge. It says, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And I want you to think about this. In the, in the world that we live in today, you say, oh, it's awful chaotic, it's awful painful. There's a lot of suffering that's going on, a lot of struggles that are going on. But God has given us a different promised land, hasn't he? It's not the physical one that, that the Israelites were seeking after, but he has given us the promised land that lies up in heaven. He says, I have gone to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and get you. He says, I am going to bring you into a good land. Now again, he's talking to Israel here, and I don't always like to use Old Testament to try to fit it into New Testament theology but I think we could probably relate to that a little bit. 
that God has a great land that is waiting for us. A land, you know, of more than milk and honey. It's the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ himself. But it says here, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and of springs that flow to valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of figs and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. When he's telling Israel this, remember now Israel has been in the desert 40 years. They're going to lose that whole generation of people. But they've been born and raised now, these younger ones, in the desert, only seeing dirt, only seeing manna, uh, water that God would provide out of a rock. That's all that they would see. And can you imagine their imaginations when God is talking about these things? Land of brooks, waters, fountains, valleys, hills, pomegranates, fig trees, all these things. We would probably, if we could put ourselves back in their space, say, well, they couldn't even imagine that. How could they have imagined? Well, how does God speak of heaven to us? He says that there's going to be things that we cannot even imagine. Mind cannot comprehend the things that God has in store for us. So there's a little bit of a picture there. We can be thankful for that, that whatever we are going through here, God has something greater. And it says, and you will lack nothing. In our life, God will lack nothing for us. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He knew that if this world, this life ended in this world, he was going to be with God. He wasn't going to lack anything. He was going to gain when he died. This world here is but a vapor. This life is but a vapor. God has so much more for us. Closes out. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God. Are you been eating of the word of God? Are you full of God? One of the songs we, we sang today talked about that, that our will would be so full of him that we know his presence every moment in our life. Is that where you are at in your walk? It says, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land of what he has given you. Do you praise God? Do you thank God for all that he has given you? Friends, family, nature, beauty. I just think it's wonderful. Julie and I, we've got to spend a couple days out in the woods this last week and it's just been a great time just out in the woods doing some things. Even when we were driving home, I don't know if you got the message, Marine, but in your brother-in-law's driveway, here's this big 10-point buck as we're driving back home, standing right next door to Marine's house. So we had to call. We got Jeff. We told Jeff, there's a big buck out there. Can't shoot it till tomorrow, but just to let you know it's there. <laughs> but the majesty of it, the beauty of it. We need to enjoy those things that God has given us. We need to be thankful. And I want you to know, as a pastor, I'm thankful for this congregation. We've gone through some valleys. We've gone through some struggles. We've gone through some changes. And we're probably going to go through some more. But it's a wonderful time. And I'm thankful for the people that God has given us in our life. And I know Julie echoes the same thing. So we will close with that, and we'll just ask a blessing. I pray that you have a safe week this week. If you're uh, out doing some of the things uh, with family or friends, if you're out in the woods, um, if you're meeting for Thanksgiving dinner, 
Um, just be safe. That's always our prayer. Just be safe, but be blessed because God uh, has a plan. Father, we just thank you, Lord, again for all that you do in our life. We thank you for those that you bring into our lives, just for moments like these. Lord, you give us people in our lives that bless us and, and, and challenge us. You give us people in our lives that sometimes stretch us, but then sometimes just comfort us. And we're thankful for all of it. But Lord, most of all, we're thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life to die for us. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you for your call. And Lord, when we hear you speak, Lord, may we have an attentive ear. May we listen to you and do that which you have called us to do. We ask a blessing upon each one here today, Lord. We're so thankful for our church family. We're so thankful for our Christian family, which is beyond these walls and beyond our, our local congregation here. And Lord, we just pray again for a strong light in our life that can change the world. We know that light dispels darkness. And so may the light of your word and the light of your life so penetrate through us that others would see. May we always be ready to give an answer for that hope that lies within us. When people say, how can you be thankful in these times? We can give them the answer. And it all rests in you. So Father, be with us now as we close, as we go our ways. Lord, just bless us in a very special way. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen.